You're listening to The Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwall, United States Marine Corps, retired standing guard on the Wall of Freedom. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times... Welcome back, Patriots. This is the gunny, and you're on the Patriot cause. This is part two of my interview of Kurt O'Keefe, great friend of mine, has lots of experience in the political realm, and we're going to continue with this interview of a great patriot of America, Kurt O'Keefe. And he still has been right back then. That was my first experience of actually getting anywhere close to this political world that you're talking about. And you have spent time in your life sitting next to some of these political people. And I think that's uh, an experience that I'll take to my grave. I've already talked to my kids. Hopefully I'll be alive long enough to talk to my grandkids about that. You know, so I just, I had to say that because you were talking about how, how we get energized and interjected into this political world. I call uh, it. Yeah. Yep. I and and we have, we have to, right? Am I wrong? I do. do do we have to be part of this? I think we do, whether we want to or not. I we think have we to do. be part of this. That was part of uh, Eric's influence on me as uh, I used to, yep. as a libertarian, it's very smug because you sit back, you make fun of both parties. You're not responsible for anything because none of your people ever win. Right. And then after a while you say, but you're not affecting change. What do we do for change? We need structural change. Why do we have a Congress that doesn't hit 25% approval? Whether We have two parties and after a while, they, I'm sick of you, I'm gonna put the other guys in and they go, we're sick of you, we'll put the other guys back. Can't, you can't anyway, vote them in, that's simple. Anyway, so 2016, uh, there it is. I'm in the campaign for 20 seconds and Amash is there, I'm in for a minute and I'm in the uh, reception for the Cruz people with Senator Cruz. Yeah. Now I know some people. Hey, there's yeah. There's oh, you're 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 starting to get important now, right? Maybe nah, no. Maybe never, Cruz still knows your name, right? Never important. He wouldn't know me. No. <laughs> what happened is I said to Eric, I call him the next morning and I said, if Trump's nominated, Hillary wins. Who's best? It was Rubio, Kasich, and Cruz. He said Cruz has the best run campaign. I said, okay, I'm a Cruz man. This is the way we have to go. I, I mean, I end up being uh, on the leadership team. I said, what's my position to my friend, Wendy and state Senator Pat? They said, you're on the state leadership team. So three of us are, I'm now one of the three leaders of the Michigan cruise campaign, even though I didn't get in until after the primary was over and people were working for, I mean, just things falling in my lap and I have to take advantage of it and realize that God is opening the opportunities. I'm not creating them. And now they're starting to line up with my ambitions from 40 years before. 
except I don't care. I don't care if I'm the delegate. I don't want to be the delegate. And the 14th, they put my name on it. I go, nobody knows me there. I just got, I just went to one meeting three weeks ago. I didn't say anything. I was at every meeting from 72 to 76 and their people are gone. There's, you know, I know four or five of them. So we had a, an 18 year old that reminded me of me. Wonderful man, Grant Strobel, when my alma mater and his the University of Michigan said that students can choose their pronoun, their <laughs> term of reference, and the professors must follow it. You must call the students what they want to be called as. You know what Grant put down? Your Majesty. <laughs> and he won. They made a thing out of it. David French interviewed him. Great guy. Oh, my so need, Lord. Your Majesty. I, I, need, I see him at the first meeting and at the caucus of precinct delegates to pick state delegates. I said, you don't know me. I watch you. I said, do you want to be the cruise delegate? And he's like, uh, 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 uh. I said, I thought you did. He said, but, but you don't understand. And I said, I do understand. What I meant is, I am looking 40 years in the past saying, that's the guy you want, 44 years. Put an 18-year-old under the face, 20, whatever. This is, he's sharp, he's intelligent, he's good to represent the party. What do they need me for? Long story, he has to pull out seven days before the caucus in Lansing Friday night to elect delegates. The way it broke out, there's one Cruz, one Trump, and one Kasich. Mm-hmm. Wednesday morning, people are calling... People are saying, you're the uh, choice for delegate. I said, no, I'm not. I called up Wendy. It's for Cruz, right? Yeah, but when, I don't yeah. know. When, all I know Friday is my guy pulled out. We need a substitute. The oh, caucus okay. is Friday. We had a slate. The Trump people announced their slate at 6 o'clock for 7 o'clock caucuses because they didn't have boots on the ground and they weren't organized because he came out from on top and not up like, in Cruz campaign had their act together so we're coming up with uh, our slate for one for each district and an alternate for who we want to be elected each congressional district has a caucus we got i think 11 of the 14 anyway when i find i said to wendy i'm not on yes you are not on and i go well wait a minute she said it's on the list to all the delegates i said but i'm an alternate oh you didn't know so that i was named without knowing it i'm a lawyer we like to prepare i now it's wednesday around noon I, now I have to run for delegate, which I didn't really want. Now I was dying to be one in 72. Now it's like, oh, it's we have a biennial family reunion and it's that week. But if the cause needs me, wasn't my decision. Run my butt off, running and around, getting inside tips on Thursday. There's a coup plan, a conspiracy to make uh, to, on the rules. Each caucus sets its own rules. And I Tell the Kasich guy, uh, hey, did you hear about this? No. Now he thinks I'm a big insider. We spent two hours arguing about the rules and we blew up the conspiracy. Mm. All right, the Cruz people go left, the Kasich people go right, and the Trump people stay here. Self-selected. If you say you're a Cruz person. What, you what, go, what do you mean self-selected? There was no pledging or signing or we didn't know oh, you gotcha. came in who you are. You could say who you were. A guy I know that hated Trump went to the Trump caucus and lost by one vote. Uh. He declined being an alternate. The, what we just, each caucus then had their own rules of how are we going to do it. And uh, gotcha. I didn't want majority vote because I didn't know if anybody knew me. Now I'm personally endorsed by the Cruz campaign. 
but I'm running about people who've been in the 14th for four, six, eight, 10, 12 years. They don't know who the hell I am. I did statewide stuff. So I know how to blow smoke. So I've been active on the state and local level and the national in and out. I said, I range for Congressman Amash to be at the debate. And it was all true, but it was maybe uh, shined up a little bit because I'm, I'm running against, uh, I think we started with 28 people and 17 had signed up saying they wanted to run for delegate. Mm. And a bunch of them dropped out. And then we had a, we had my buddy that, that your majesty is the teller. So they have in secret ballots. And first we decide, no, we're going to go till someone has a majority. The other caucuses said, whoever got the most on the first, we don't want to be here all night. We were there two more hours from nine till 11. And what they said is, okay, well, they have a cutoff, I don't know, five after the first ballot. But then you got to take time and count the paper and go through. And then we start with 17 and four withdraw. And then we have 13. Everybody makes a speech. And then there's down to five. And everybody makes a speech again. And then we're down to two. And I'm like, this is the worst. This, If I'm delegate, okay, I don't want to be alternate. If I'm alternate, I have to go. And I'm going to miss part of the family reunion. The last thing I want to be is alternate. So, of course, I finished second. Because <laughs> five people who told me they were going to vote for me went somewhere else. There's a husband, wife, and sure. daughter. And I said, why are you going to the right? The cruise is on the left. They said, well, we're going to go vote for Dan, who's the mole, who wants to, who doesn't like Trump, who wants to be the Trump delegate. So Dan lost by one vote, and I lost by one vote. But I don't care. It's not about me. At 11 o'clock, I went out and I went up and found the Kasich delegate and said, who are you going to vote for on the second ballot? Because this is still wide open. We don't know who's going to win. It's March. So and the next morning, we found out that the, a guy who is really messing up Michigan now, even though he lives in the Virgin Islands, he's a political consultant. The 30% of the Kasich and 30% of the Cruz delegates got together. I wasn't part of it and said, we have 60%. Each committee at the convention gets two. We're going to have one Kasich and one Cruz for rules and credentials and platform and the other one. We go in the caucus room. The caucus is delegates, alternates, and like three state party people. Nobody else can come in. And we come in, and the Kasich people are gathered on the Trump people. And I go, what? they're telling us who we're voting for, Monday for this and Joe for that. And I go up to my Kasich friend. And I said, what are you doing? He says, they're giving us the slate. I said, you're supposed to No, we have a slate with Trump. So now we've lost the rules thing and I'm totally depressed. And I get a text from my brother. It's on, it's at a roller coaster up and down and up and down and I'm down. And I get a text that says, would you like to be treasurer of the cruise super PAC? And I put capital letters. Yes. I got a new play, a new game something else to go. Now, because this is America, if you're in the super PAC, you can't talk, you can't discuss, you can't coordinate with anybody. Right. So Monday, I had a 45 minute phone call, 45 minutes with the campaign lawyer. I'm a lawyer. And at the end, I said, I can't talk to Pat and I can't talk to Wendy. And well, it's a gray area. You do that, then the left will say you're coordinating. So I've been planning and plotting with these people for weeks. Now, and that Saturday, we're all together. And Tuesday, Monday, I'm told if they make me treasurer tomorrow, I can't talk to them anymore. And I said, Lucy, so what you're saying is you should write a letter and tell them that 
this is the case. And she said, no, you should. That's how fine and ridiculous the law is. Didn't used to be that way. So what I find out is I call, uh, I just text yes. And uh, I got home at seven o'clock and I thought, I, I guess I, I didn't know if I butt dialed and he called me and I called him and he says, no, he said, what happened is the treasurer of the cruise super PAC is out here at the, is at this event and went up and talked to somebody in the campaign. And they said, it looks like she's coordinating. This is a disaster. It's March 16th. The, we, we can't have this. We got to fire her. And they're sitting around, who can we come up with? Who can we come up with? And Eric goes, I'll see if my brother wants to do it. <laughs> so it's win-win. They in emergency need somebody who, what's the qualifications, bud? Just follow the law. Don't mess up. Stay in the, your lane. And Eric's like, he can do that because we're, we speak for each other. We're, we got each other's back. But so who gets... You- but who gets, who comes in my position, okay? Let's review what happened. I joined the campaign after the election is over. The primary is over in Michigan. What you're is my about, position? You're talking about Proof. the 26, 2016, 2016. Yeah, I'm just saying, look at the things that have fallen my way that I realize are God's path because it's yeah. not can possibly have been earned. Right. I missed the election. And where am I? I'm on the three-person state leadership team. Who does that happen to? Nobody. That falls apart, and I get a text that says, do you want to be treasurer of the cruise super PAC? I talk to the lawyer 45 minutes. I spend an hour doing my six-minute introduction because nobody knows who the hell I am. This is on my brother's coattails. So and now I'm the treasurer of the cruise super PAC that has like $16 million in the bank and $24 million more committed. This is over my pay grade, but apparently not because God laid this out, and here I am. Oh, absolutely. So and then I end up with Delegates Unbound, that is organized and not written about this is what happened this is like yeah this is like ask you the ultimate question right so you what you have shown me if you've been involved in this process of the delegates and and going to conferences and and doing that process why in the hell did Michigan not vote for Trump? Is that, is that you know, you, you is are there an answer for that? Yes. Trump had 1.2% more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016. Okay. The Dem turnout, the Trump galvanizes. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to boil down the last two presidential elections. Trump did not win in 2016. Hillary lost. Okay. Hillary was the least okay. popular candidate ever. She'd been around forever and people didn't like her. Biden did not win in 2020. Trump lost. Now, what's the flip? You're talking from a Michigan standpoint, right? No, no, that's the country. Yes. People didn't know Trump. They they, they hated Hillary. I mean, Trump won, but he lost the popular vote. I mean, he lost the popular vote and he won the election. Right. And what happened in 2020, if you change 90,000 votes, Trump wins, the Republicans win the Senate and the House. So you're talking about very thin margins. Yeah. So Trump wins in 2016 in Michigan by less than 12,000 votes. Wow. Then he loses by like 110,000 because the Dems were fired up and turned out to vote against him. Biden was, Biden didn't win, Trump lost. That's the answer. Now, I want to go way- So it wasn't necessarily that Michigan was for Biden. It was more of against Trump. And the country. That's what happened nationally. 
He yeah. lost by six million popular votes. They weren't stolen. They weren't. Nobody steals votes in California, and Illinois, and New York. If you're stealing votes, you steal them in the contested areas. Yeah, the swing states. Absolutely. That's not what happens. So you took ninety thousand votes. He still loses by five million nine hundred thousand votes. He's not personally popular across the base. Polarizing. People love right. him or hate him. People love him or hate the ones who hate him. There's more who hate him who showed up. Anyway, let me finish 2016. Okay. Because I'm realizing I watched, there was an Australian broadcasting company documentary and we gave them access. We, I was not the leader. The delegates unbound gave them access. And I showed up in Cleveland and my friend, the elephant man, I'll call him. He says, the cameras are here because this is not normal. This is the planning session for how we're going to get the rule to be the normal rule that the delegates can vote however they want because cruise people are all over most of there was written up that uh, colorado all of the 45 trump colorado delegates were cruise people because they were on the ground and they had the precinct delegates and the state delegates and trump didn't know what happened there were different numbers in different states we don't know who's going to show up justin was a cruise delegate justin amash and then he didn't show up so nobody really knows what's going on and the play is if we get the rule, the normal rule, each convention that the normal rule is you're not bound by the primary vote, there's still a shot. Cruz pulled out. I mean, there's no candidate. Tom Coburn came out, Dr. Coburn, and we love and admire the late great, said he would be a, a candidate. So we're just going delegates unbound with no opponent. Nobody's running against Trump for a couple of months. Nevertheless, that's why we wanted Wendy on the rules committee. So the Rules Committee kicks us. It's totally fixed. Senator Mike Lee is at the mic at the Rules Committee, and they turn the mic off. I mean, they didn't play any games. And this is not Trump. This is Priebus and our hero, air quotes, Manafort. He's back in the Manafort. game. Yep. Manafort. So the only two times in history that the Republican National Convention delegates were bound to the primary rules or the rules of their state were 1976 and 2016. And Paul mm -hmm. Manafort was there both times. This is publicly known, but not widely understood. We're not done yet. The Rules Committee is Thursday night. I get there Saturday. Eric, is there still a play? Is there a point going? Yes. Under the rules, if eight states, a majority of the delegates of eight states, file a petition with the clerk of the convention asking for a roll call vote, on the rules, there must be a roll call vote. We're now circulating petitions. We got nowhere in Michigan. I think we got six signatures. We turned in petitions for 11 states. Now, when I went to the Monday morning meeting, someone had a milk carton mocked up with a picture of the clerk. She was hiding. We couldn't find her. <laughs> they, Trump cal team calculation was, that they would not win. If you think you're going to win, you're unopposed at this point. Why do you need the delegates to be bound? Because you don't think they're in favor of you. So the Trump perspective was, we have to do this 76 repeat and bind them because we know these Colorado, these other people are really cruise people. We're gonna have to make them do it. Uh, Manafort or Bannon said publicly, like a couple of weeks ahead, we know where you're staying. Don't pull this trick. If you're pledged to Trump, you vote for Trump or we're going to show up at your hotel room. I have a friend. I took two bulletproof vests with me. I mean, that's where I was in 2016. 
Wow. I had a friend who had bulletproof vests and, and people told me, people I love and respect yeah, were, sure. told, were told that they should get one. And when I heard that, I went, well, I have a friend, he's got two. Yep. I took both of them and I said, if I can talk my friend who I previously mentioned, First day I go up to the convention and the claps are there from all over. There were only, there was, whatever the number was, I think there was 10,000 delegates and alternates and 20,000 media in Cleveland. Not, and they were, who knew what was going to happen? People hate Trump. People love Trump. Is there going to be a riot? Is there going to be? I, I don't want to cut you off, but we're, it's a lot of time that's passed, right? So what I'm going to do is I'll split it from the, you know, you're talking about the, the vest. This is a good place to stop. Yeah. So I'm saying let's stop here and then we'll go back and. Okay. Then I'll finish up 2016 and then do yep. a convention of States and then I'm done unless you yep. got more. And, and no, that'll I, work. So there's two things going on. I just rewatched this documentary Saturday with the six minutes of how exactly they effed us. And so <laughs> I got mad all over again. And then all these memories are coming back. It's like my mother. I well. I hadn't thought about this in so many years. And you say, how do I remember this? How do I remember? I'm in the hardware store after I won in 1972, precinct delegate. And this like eight or nine-year-old boy says, hi, Kurt. Well, I don't know who he is. I'm a stock boy. I'm putting stuff on the shelf. Talks to me for like three or four minutes. Kurt, how's it? Fine. What are you doing? I put this. Oh, you like working here? Yeah, I like working. And his mom says like, Junior, where are you? Over here, mom. Mom comes over and Junior looks up and says, that's Kurt A. O'Keefe. <laughs> I'm like, did he read the sign? He's like, he could see over the window. Did he go buy it a hundred times? Because the rest of my stuff didn't say Kurt A. O'Keefe. And then when I won, I flipped it around and it said, Kurt A. O'Keefe says thanks. And I left it up for a couple of weeks. And I pulled yeah. it out again in 74 and flipped it. And I pulled it out yep. again in 76. That's Kurt A. O'Keefe. I wish I had a picture of it. Is A okay? Pretty catchy. All right. All right. So let's take a break.
Welcome back, Patriots. We're back with Kurt O'Keefe. Great friend, great Irishman, just an all-around Patriot of America. Love what he's telling us. So let's rejoin with Kurt O'Keefe. Understand sometimes the context because uh, the history is unfamiliar. And a friend of mine says, the game on the table is not the game that is being played. Absolutely. The longer you're around in the in the murk and the muck, the more you realize that. Let me go back. And and, and, and you've been you've been in that muck. Uh, and yeah. A lot of people don't understand that muck. They think this, you know. Uh, well, here's what I do. I go and I push a button and I vote and I'm done. But I don't know how that process works. How how that person appears on that ballot so i can press a button and that, you have you have showed us and de demonstrated what it takes to get that person just so you can push push the button so i appreciate that i i hope that was clear that's been much of the goal let me wrap up on historically because when you said reagan ran for president in 76 let me pick up the thread in 1964 a bunch of businessmen got together and said, Reagan, we've, you're a great speaker. You have the right philosophy. You have a way to communicate it. They bought a half hour of network time. Mm. And Ronald Reagan gave a speech for Goldwater and conservative principles. I heard that speech. I know all about it. That is an historic speech. It launched his political career. It would be illegal, of course, now to do that. It couldn't happen. Why? So, I mean, why well, would it be illegal? Because of the political rules and contributions and how much. Oh, okay, okay. Because gotcha. of the Incumbent Protection Act. It's not accidental, but it's mucky. What you find uh, in political parties are the same in that you have a rolling percentage in between who get interested like the Tea Party and people now are more fired up than then. And they come in and they sit through like I did Monday night if you stay a three hour caucus and people yelling and screaming and ranting and raving and no one gets up in the morning and says, I need more drama in my life. I have a life. I'm a citizen. I want to go participate. And it, they get turned off. There's a rolling thing of kooks. All right. When I came into politics, the birch type extreme right wingers said that putting fluoride in the water was a communist plot. There's a rotating series of cuckoo things, and each party gets some of them. Uh, and they have the time, and because they a lot of them are have to live alone because no one will live with them, and they come and they spout nonsense and they go to the meetings. There's the rolling part of people that come in and are interested and get burned out. And then there's the people that you're talking about earlier who are the, will put up with it because they want the power and they understand that if they keep these meetings repellent to the citizens who want to get involved, it's easier for them to keep the power. That's boiling it down. Let me go back on the Reagan career. So 64, he's an actor. He makes this speech. It resonates with people. Of course, Goldwater carried his home state of Arizona and five deep South states that uh, had always, almost always voted Democrat. Although we must, the civil rights bills always had a majority of Republican votes. And then when the civil rights bills passed, 
in uh, three and four and five, the Republicans gained 47 seats in the House in 66, and a, and a bunch of them beat Democrats who voted against the civil rights bill. So let's go back wow. and look at the history. The Democrats were the Jim Crow party. They invented it. Oh, remember, yeah. remember Mississippi story? All right, that's what was going on. So in 66, we need someone to run for governor of California. Brown, popular, hell, he beat Nixon. Nixon's from California. He was a senator from California, congressman, senator in 50 before he became vice president in 52. How about Ronald Reagan? What? Here's another weird thing. My parents went to church and came home, and I am 12, but I watched Meet the Press every week, and Reagan was on. And my parents, I was so into it, they asked what I thought of him. And I said, I remember I said, he's no actor running, he's serious. So in 68, uh, it's uh, still very few primaries. Uh, Nixon's running. It's like, what? The guy couldn't even win governor of California and he lost in 60. It's an incredible political comeback that will never be replicated in my view. Nope. And Rockefeller is sort of whatever they call the rhinos now. And who's going to win and there's favorite sons and people running and California comes and Reagan didn't want to be president. He's been governor for not even two years and he's very honored. And I, I remembered one memory that came back in 1972, San Diego was picked for the Republican convention and they got a couple months, two months away and they didn't have enough hotel rooms and they flipped it to Miami. And I'm remembering that the first night I'm in this big auditorium, young voters for the president, four more years, there's Ronald Reagan, and the first thing he says is, I have a speech in my pocket welcoming you to San Diego. Because he was funny as well, well as his other things. And so a governor, he's two terms, so he's out in 74, and then he runs for president and loses. But when he comes back in 80, because Carter narrowly beat Ford, we, had, hmm. uh, we have uh, Carter too, because we mm -hmm. had uh, high interest, high inflation, uh, the stagflation, they called it. The economy was horrible disgraces overseas the iran hostage crisis and all and on and on i remember all of that and Re well reagan was like 12 15 points behind in july or august and he won and then it was he was probably the best president in my lifetime and won 49 states in 1984 and uh, all he did was slow the growth of the federal government people talk about cutting this and cutting that that's not what happened so now where were we? We were in the weeds in 2016 and I'm going back behind the scenes for the point that you mentioned. The game on the table is not the game that is being played. Monday, we have submitted to the clerk a majority signature of the delegates of 11 states. This means there must be a roll call vote on the rules. The rules committee just recommended the rules and the convention has to vote on them. Because again, the view of the Trump people, which is, I have an absent, uh, Priebus is the guy running it now. He's afraid that if the delegates vote on a roll call, they will throw out the Manafort rule. They'll be free to vote however they want. Mm. And Trump won't win, even though I don't think, I don't know if Coburn may have said, if Trump doesn't win, I'll enter. We're, I'm in a movement that has no candidate. It's just like if Trump's nominated Hillary's president, that's a disaster. I'm all down in Cleveland, probably spent 200 hours trying to prevent Trump from being nominated. You see how that worked out? Are you seeing the pattern? <laughs> well, I, get, I get it. For Reagan in 76, lose. Libertarian in 80, Reagan wins. Forbes in 96, 
last nine days. Uh, not Trump in 2016 because he can't win and he wins. I'm not known for picking winners, apparently. But a friend apparently of mine, said, a clean conscience is a soft pillow. I felt called to do it. I put in the time. I was satisfied with what I did. Here's what happened. We find the clerk. Someone finds a clerk. We submit petitions from 11 states. Of course, the Trump people know what's going on. This is how things are. Behind the scenes, we need to identify each other mm. because we don't know who's showing up or who came or who they're for. So we're going to have goofy, yellow, neon-y, derby kind of hats. Of course, the Trump people found out. So you know what they did. They ordered 4,000 of the hats of the same hats. So now you can't tell. I didn't say the text. I have a text because of the Manafort statement. We'll find the hotel room. Text went to all the delegates and alternates. And it said, someone asks you who you're for, just say Trump so that you don't get in trouble. I mean, this was not. How it is. That was not a place where American politics should be. IMHO, as the kids say. What happens with the election? They know these states are coming. So they went to Minnesota and said, if you don't revoke your petition, the Republican National Committee will put no money into your state for any office this year. That's big time politics right there. Let's keep in mind, there is nothing in the rules that allows a rescission or pulling back your resolution. That's, that's politics. That's big time politics. Some, like for some reason, for some reason, this story has never been covered. And there was some inside book that came out a couple of years ago. And I go, well, let me see what they said about delegates unbound. Well, they don't mention it. It's a nope. incestuous circle of talking heads talking to each other who don't know what the hell happened. Yep. Editorial comment. What are they doing? They come out unbeknownst. There's no agenda. The rules have not been circulated. There's no written copy. The rules were supposed to be circulated. They're voted on Thursday night. Everybody's supposed to have a written copy before Monday. So you can see nobody. So we don't know exactly what they put in for exactly what we would be voting on if we get a roll call vote. That's what was happening. Out of the blue, and I remember because this Australian documentary uh, is 35 minutes and I watch it again Saturday, and there's six minutes that shows what happened. Australian documentary. Of the 2016 convention. So it's behind the scenes. They're following our movement. So Australia, <laughs> you watch it, knows more about it than America does. Than America does. Uh, that's, that's the whole point. It's They're just, following. It's sad. Bound and what are you doing? And what's the play? And they said, uh, we filed the petitions. They have to have a roll call vote, which means you call, pull the delegation. And they go, Michigan has I was, 72 votes. You know, 40 are for the rules and 32 again, whatever it is. That's a roll call vote. The opposite is a voice vote. But now the rules are the alternates are up in the mezzanine. The guests are on the third level. Only delegates are on the floor. Well, the delegates and the pages and the ushers. And you have a voice vote. Anybody can yell. That's It's uncontrolled. You don't know who is entitled to yell and who isn't. Unannounced, out of the blue, I'm talking to my brother, an elephant man. And for some reason, the camera, I'm on three times. I have no speaking lines. I, I don't know what, you know, they edit and who knows. This was just what's going on. We think they'll bring it at three or four. Or we're not sure. Maybe they'll keep it here till eight. They're trying to play games and tire people out. Maybe our people will go home and we don't know what's happening. And this, the chair the speaker comes out and says, we're now going to have a roll call vote on the rules. And we're going, what? 
Huh? And they said, uh, we're having a roll call vote on the rules. All in favor say aye. They hear this loud aye. Well, I'm upstairs. I can tell half the alternates are yelling. So I violated the rules, bust me. I don't say it's limitations. I wasn't supposed to vote. I have a very loud voice as Bud no. They said all opposed, same sign. I yell as loud as I can and I was stunned. I stepped back. I thought we won on voice. I was stunned. I talked to the Australian guy on the floor and I said, what did it sound like there? Because acoustics, who knows? I'm on this. He said it was pretty even. If, Bud, if you have the gavel, you control the convention. Absolutely. The eyes have it in the opinion of the chair. And then he disappears for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. What's happening? Nothing. Nobody's put no announcement. So he comes out and says the, the clerk has received nine, not 11, nine petitions from a majority of the delegates for a roll call vote. However, three states have rescinded. So that means six, that's not eight. The opinion of the chair, uh, the voice, and they took another voice vote. We're just, what are they talking about? We're, they never, to this day, have not identified the states. They didn't tell us what happened to the 10th and 11th state. They didn't tell anybody. I mean, the people that did it know, not everybody knows as much on our side as I happen to because God puts me in these positions where these things are happening. And I, it's like the movie Zelig by Woody Allen, if you look at it. I'm, I'm up there and I'm like, okay, they only did this because they thought they didn't have the votes. And from the yells, I thought we would have run a roll call vote. In my mind at that time, that if Trump, if Trump doesn't get the votes on the first ballot, he's not gonna win, he's not gonna improve. Even though there's, even though Dr. Coburn, who had retired from the Senate prematurely 10 years into uh, the second, first term six, second term four, I don't know, it might've been Sunday night before he announced that if Trump's not nominated, he would, something like that. So we had a name anyway, but he wasn't there. He wasn't campaigning. He didn't have a staff. He didn't have an organization. We were delegates unbound. This is the chaos in Cleveland. Mr. Chairman, I request a roll call vote. If you look in the documentary, Senator Mike Lee, he's there from Utah. I got to meet him because of my brother. He's whining, but they turned his mic off. They turned the mic off of everybody that wanted to say, which states, how many, well, Mike Lee knew, we turned in 11, 11 states were turned in. He probably, he could have named them. They shut the mic off, that was it. It's what's called chaos in Cleveland. It was Monday. You look it up, that's where it at, was at. So that's what happened. Why nobody knows, I don't know. How come I know? God put me in these positions. I was happy. Roller coaster, down on the bottom. Uh, Hillary's gonna win, I thought that would be horrible for America. Trump's gonna win, I thought that'd be, I, go, I said, I, what happens? Then I get an email that says, would you like to be at the simulated convention of states in Williamsburg, <laughs> Virginia on our dime? from someone I do not know. Wow. I did not yes. know that. Yes. I would like to be there. I'm assuming my brother's so how, how did COS reach? I mean, you get I'll an email from COS to, to go to the simulation? As, as a commissioner. 
Yes, there are only 10, I think 10 out of the whole thing who were not legislators. I didn't find out till two years ago. Around there, I went, oh, and Eric goes, oh, you're going? And I'm like, didn't you set this up? He goes, I didn't know anything about it. I'm like, wait a minute, why does this happen? So Dave Schneider, the regional director, was talking with Mark Meckler and they could only get two. They wanted three from each state. They needed someone else from Michigan. The Acton Society for uh, Freedom and Liberty, wonderful, look it up, Acton Society. Eric's wife is on the board now. Wonderful group, Eric's been with them forever. Uh, is very generous, we've gone. I talked him into going the year that Scalia spoke around usually October, November every year, they have a big dinner in Grand Rapids where Jerry Ford's from, it's in Western Michigan, Eric's in Wisconsin. The first year I talked him into going, Scalia's there, and guess what? I have Scalia's book. And Eric says- Now you're talking about Eric Eric O'Keefe or- Yeah, he's in, he's here. Yep. We're gonna go see Scalia. I'm jumping around with my neurodivergent as you're- That's fine. I bring the Scalia book. This is uh, 30 years after the Friedman thing. And Eric says, oh, you're gonna have him sign it. I said, yes. Well, Eric, Eric, no, now he's seen my, my deal, right? He, there's no question in his mind that with 1,100 people, where we might be in the back, that somehow Kurt is going to get this autograph. So at the end of his speech, people are coming up. That's great. We love you. Fantastic speaker. He was, he was wonderful. Wonderful man. And I come up, and there's people waving things. He looks at the book, and he says, I had a book that he had written. He said, a man's got to sign his own book. <laughs> it's the same thing that happened. Of course. So uh, somewhere be after the Tea Party and before Citizens for Self-Governance and Convention of States, Mark Meckler is Eric's guest at the Acton dinner. Yep. And we're at the same table. Mm. And he was in between. Eric said he's a lawyer. He was uh, in the Tea Party Patriots and... Uh, I, whatever, and that's nice, and we talked. Didn't dive too deeply because there wasn't a project for me to ask him about, but he'd been radicalized by the Tea Party. He understood yes. what America used to be, and he understood what was happening, and he understood yep. that he was being called to do something about it, but he, he didn't have a mission yet. So that must have been in 2012 or 13. Yep. Found out a couple of years ago, that Mark and Dave are saying, we need somebody else from Michigan. And Dave says, doesn't Eric have a brother in Michigan? Eric has four brothers in Michigan. So I get this email, yes, Williamsburg is wonderful. It's a simulated convention. Kurt says, thank you, God, this is my next mission. I don't question it anymore. This fell in my lap. This is, I am supposed to do this. So I go to the simulated convention and people in the six wow. years since, did you know Joe or Fred or Susie? I, I laugh, I go, who do I know? Yeah. I know Eric O'Keefe and Mark Meckler who are two of the four people who run the thing. All I know is only two people at the top. It's nice to be able to enter at the top on somebody else's dime. Sure. And they say, well, we've got Lee Chatfield's coming. He's gonna be the next speaker of the house. That's who we need. I said, I know what my mission is. He couldn't come the first day. The second day, uh, we were glue holding two fingers together. 
I stuck with him from eight in the morning to late at night. I had dinner with him and his uh, minister father. I'm all in. And these things are falling in my lap. And this is on, it's on their dime. I'm like, awesome. I'm, down, I'm down on the bottom of this roller coaster year. And now I'm in convention estates. Dave says, uh, where do you fit? I said, I've been on the public TV show and I've been media and interviews. He says, good, you can be media liaison. I don't know what it is. Next time I see Lee Chatfield at an event, I go, hey, I'm media liaison. He says, don't tell anybody anything. We're running a silent campaign. Roller coaster, media, Kurt's a hand, play it up, principled, all this is fitting together. What happened now, I go back in and I, it's the same story, but in the 70s, the Republicans said, you got to send me there to cut the spending and the deficit's too high. I go, it's the same manure, you know, same different thing, players. Yep. Same thing. And I said to Dave one time, it's just the same. Everything came back. Some are in for power, some are in for parties. Some He goes, people don't change. They're the same. So I'm wondering, I haven't done this on this love in 40 years. And it all came back, except instead of Kurt is trying to figure out how people will vote for him for president. He's got a hidden agenda with everybody he sees in his life. And now it's like, Kurt doesn't care. Kurt doesn't care if it win, lose, or draw. Kurt's committed. I'm in the fifth role, I think, and I'm in my wheelhouse in January. I'm going through uh, Act, Learn, Adjust. I'm going through a spiritual program we have yep. with Convention of States. Yep. I meet in June. Ser Mark servant, le servant leadership. I did servant leadership already. Yep. I meet Mark comes in. He's a friend now. Mark Meckler in June for the rally. He said, this is Chris Thomas. He's our national mentor director. He's in Dearborn. I immediately yep. knew he has a separate course. I'll have to take the course. This is yep. to me, I'm hearing it from God. It's like, I don't argue about it. I said, are you, uh, what good TV show? We're just talking. He says, my wife and I are watching The Chosen. You see me growing my beard again because I've watched The Chosen free streaming. Oh. It's changed my life. I'm growing a beard because at the end of season three, the finale is the miracle of the loaves and fishes. And if you paid money, you could be an extra. <laughs> it's two days. They need 5,000. There's 9,000 people who paid a nice amount to fly to Dallas. We have to buy our own first century AD outfits. And they're... <laughs> It's one day, one day. It's I've been an extra on movies before. You heard my office story. So it's uh, anyway, I got an idea, but I have to pay money, buy the thing, buy the clothes, fly to Dallas, get my lodging with the Screen Actor Guild COVID things. Like you have to drive in alone because you have to have the COVID test before you leave. But if you get to the gate and anybody in your in your vehicle is positive, you can't go in. And I'm not going to invest all that and get up to the gate and be told no. Is to be there at 7 a.m., be prepared for a 10 or 12, 12 hour a day. I understand you're moving 5,000 people around. I don't know how they do it. The next day, it's a different 5,000 or 4,500 each, however they cut it out. That it's, would be awesome. That would be. So, uh, this is from knowing Mark, awesome. Mech, knowing Mark Meckler from a dinner. Yeah. And then this happens. And then I talk to him, and it's changed my life between Chris Thomas's program and The Chosen and uh, my uh, issues with that I created that I've come to realize my pride was bumping into a COS thing. And in the last three months I've had between when I realized I needed a God to help me be straight 
and then uh, found out I was ADD and yep. everybody else. I was oh, the last yep. to know, but yep. everybody knew I had both of those. And now I realize I've been full of pride. So yep. what happens to Kurt? His business is drying up because he's now, if my business were normal, my COS activities would take all my time. My keeping term limits in Michigan blew up because of the political class every once in a while decides term limits are bad. They have an absolutely hideous proposal. And that would have taken all my time. My student loan proposal I'll get to is the biggest one. I'm also working on Michigan because Max, my great nephew has Down syndrome. We want it, we're pushing a bill to prohibit organ transplant discrimination against the disabled. So all this stuff is going on, which I could never do, except God said, you're supposed to do this. That's why the bankruptcies are the lowest they've been in 40 years. And I don't question it, it opens up. So what happens to Kurt, who's this egomaniac for 10 years, then he's drunk most of a decade. And now these things are happening. You want to be treasurer? I can, I can you want to absolutely. be a commissioner. Yeah, Kurt has I this. Can, I can tell you, Kurt. Yes. The only, only reason I can tell you is because I live a very similar type of life. I was in the Marine Corps for 20 years. And then I went into the government. In the government, I became a GS-14, which is almost up to, to, to the SES level. You know What is the, that? You got to tell me as a layman. Yep. You know the FAUCI, all these people? I know there's GS numbers in the government, but... Right. But you, you have GS-14, then you have GS-15, and then you have what is called an SES. And SES is an executive service for the government. So I was always only two, two steps away become, becoming a Fauci. You understand what I'm a, saying? A Fauci? Right? A, a oh, Fauci. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad only you two, did. Two steps from, from becoming a Fauci, if you know what I mean. From having become an SES. Got it. So um, what happened with me was the same that the same thing that your life. Uh, was revolved around. It was always about me. It was always about climbing a ladder and all that kind of stuff. And you know me. You you know I'm a servant leader now. Yes. And God crushed me one day. We'll talk about that story uh, later. But the point I'm making is, is I don't trust in the world anymore. I don't have to because I have the full trust of God to direct my life and get me. And it doesn't matter if I have to dig ditches. And you know where I'm going with this, right? Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. What matters is this is a blink of an eye compared to eternity. And this is what you and I and many of us have gone through. This transformation of understanding that the world is the world. And we are human beings created by the Holy God. And we must connect with them before we understand who we are, before we're able to absolutely break out of this crusty world environment that we live in. Um, and that's, that's really how simple this is. So that's the end of part two with Kurt O'Keefe. We got one more episode coming up tomorrow to finish up
with the great Kurt O'Keefe, friend of mine, politician, understanding, patriot of America, and hopefully we'll be right back with you listening to the Patriot Cause. Share it far and wide. Like it. Hit the stars. Hit the like button. Hit the share button. Share it with your friends. This is the Gunny. Out. Stand up for the flag and let's all ring the liberty bell. Let's make a Ford and a Chevy. It'll still last ten years like the show. Best of the free life is still yet to come. The good times ain't over for. Now.